0: Welcome back to the Reading Blues podcast, the place to find out more about the school and to connect with staff, pupils and parents at a deeper level. Each week we'll be interviewing people within the school community, asking them questions and spending time understanding more about them and more about the school. This episode is all about the outdoors because we're talking to Stephen Lammercraft, Director of Adventure Education, possibly the coolest job title in the world. So we're going to hear all about why outdoor education is so good for children today, what parents can do to encourage their children, how you don't need to go to some far-flung country to experience adventure, and how a move in the school to co-educational all the way through will change things, or won't change things. Stick around to see what the answer to that might be. But for now, come with me, and let's find out more about adventure education with Stephen Lammercraft. Stephen, thank you for joining us on the Reading Blues podcast. I'm looking forward to talking to you today, but first of all, how are you?
1: Uh, I'm good, thanks, Simon. I've had a productive morning. I uh, managed to book some uh, accommodation uh, for a potential year 12 trip in April next year Ooh, okay. uh, to the Brecon Beacons. So that's, nice. uh, that's quite exciting. Mm-hmm. It's a place I've been to uh, a couple of times before, and uh, you know I think the guys will love it.
0: Uh, whereabouts in the Brecon Beacons are you planning on going?
1: Well, it's, it's going to be up over Pennyvan, um, Corndu, Cribbon, uh, and do a big sort of circuit uh, around there. And it will be, given it's April, there's always the potential for pretty inclement weather. So, um, you know, I've been there before around that time and it's been, you know, 60 mile an hour winds and, and snow at the top and pretty pretty punchy conditions. So, but then it might be a lovely, cool, crisp, blue sky day. So, um but quite frankly, the, the youth hostel is great. It's, uh, it's got great facilities, a great little lounge. It's got a nice log-burning stove. So mm-hmm. irrespective of the conditions, it's always nice knowing that you're mm-hmm. coming back to a nice uh, nice youth hostel.
0: I think Brecon Beacons is one of those places you, you talk about, you know, the, the weather being, you know, uh, changeable in, in a month like April. You could say exactly the same thing for June, July, August, for December. I mean, you never quite know where the Brecon Beacons do, you? but you have to plan for it at least... The, at least there being rain for, for some of the trip at least
1: oh definitely and it's um you know it's good cuz as i said I've, I've been there a couple of times before and it's um you know i've taken some some younger kids there and you it, it's little things it's like if the if the guys are wearing Gloves, as opposed to mittens. Sometimes, by the time they try and put their gloves on, they can't actually get their gloves on because their hands are kind of frozen, even in sort of June. They just. <laughs> whereas, you know, especially if the glove has a, a separate lining, you know, inner lining. Whereas yeah. a mitten, it's just easier to to put your hand in. Or, yeah. if you can get a glove that doesn't have um, a movable inner lining, then again, right. you can get your fingers in. But it's it's little things like that that you um that that yeah that, that even place like the Brecon Beacons
0: teaches you. Now, Stephen, we're going to be talking about various things in this episode. But first of all, I'd love to know a little bit more about yourself, where you went to school, uh, what your own experience of education was like, whether it's positive or negative, and then and then what you did after you left school.
1: So I was born in Glasgow. Uh, I moved around a little bit, but then came to Henley uh, when I was around 10 years old and went to Trinity. Okay. And then from Trinity, I went to Gilletts School. And then from Gilletts, I went to the Henley College uh, and then on to Exeter University. So... So I'm, a, I'm a, a local lad, and yeah, my my experience of of school life was was very positive. I, you know, was was actively involved in football teams, rugby teams, cross country teams, and uh, yeah, and and really really embraced it. I really enjoyed the um, the Gillets Bluecoat uh, rugby matches. Um, mm-hmm. Always a big game, but yeah, no, I had a, I had a great a great a great sort of school life, and uh, and yeah, really enjoyed it.
0: And then, how did you end up at Reading Bluecoat then?
1: So, basically, what has happened is I have done, as I said, after after university, I went into finance, um, and then from finance, I I went to sort of J P Morgan, and then I went on to uh, doing M and A, uh, and then I I got slightly disillusioned with endless PowerPoint presentations, so I decided to join the Metropolitan Police. Okay. So. So in in the a slightly circuitous story, so forgive me. But um but <laughs> but in the police I then did things like, you know, you start off in the beat and then you uh then I became a detective and I was in uh, the robbery squad and um plain clothes and operation sapphire and wow. different things. And then um from the police I joined Invesco and from Invesco I joined uh, I stayed in finance. Um, but when I was in finance, I, I definitely felt there was a an, an itch that I had to scratch. So I set up something in 2017 called the Children's Challenge. Okay. So the Children's Challenge, um, as I was referring to before in terms of taking uh, young kids, primary school age kids and their families up the Brecon Beacons, mm-hmm. the whole point of the Children's Challenge was to, to get families out and to get kids pushing the boundaries of what they thought they could do. So we'd have... You know, maybe 130 people going down to Exmoor, or we'd have 50 odd people going to the Brecon Beacons, and you know, we did a we did a number of expeditions. So, so that was my passion, uh, mm. and that that remains my passion. This then came to the attention of Reading Bluecoat School mm. via the church that I attend, which is Trinity at Four, and Pete, the headmaster, also attends that church. So I was talking to Pete, and Pete's an ex police officer, so we had that in common. And Pete also has a real passion for the outdoors. So, um, you know, I, I have got a, a good bond with, with Pete. I don't know mm-hmm. Pete particularly well, but I know Pete is just a good guy. You know, you can just tell when people are good guys. Mm. Um, so anyway, so I enjoy Pete's company and we're sort of chatting. And I said to Pete that, um, that I was thinking of doing something different. And I was talking about teaching. Uh, and then and I was and originally saying to Pete, perhaps I could go in and teach maths with my sort of financial background, but then really maybe create like an expedition society on the side and, you know, and, and, and you know do the maths, but as a way in of really getting all these, um, getting the students involved in, in these great adventures. You know, mm-hmm. I, I would have a captive audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Pete asked me if I'd ever thought about uh, adventure education. And Pete used to go to uh, he was uh, um, at a school, you know, school, and Dauncey's have got a, a very strong adventure education mm-hmm. department. And Pete me in touch with the head of that department, Sam Moore. So I got talking to Sam, and anyway, to cut a long story short, um, shortish. Pete, Pete then approached me and said, "Look, is there is there a way that I could, um, you know, help him establish a so an adventure education program at Reading Bluecoat School?" Okay. So I came in in initially as a consultant, and we sort of designed something, we're working very closely with with Pete, but also with with Ed the second master. Mm-hmm. Um, and we put together a plan. And I was, you know, delighted when they asked me if I could come in and, and run the program for them. Mm. So apologies for waffling on, but that's, that's a, um, the sort of the potted history of how it came about.
0: Now, this is a really interesting history so far, because, I mean, on the one hand, you mentioned about moving from Glasgow to Henley earlier in this conversation. They are two very, very different places. But then equally, you mentioned about starting your career at, you say J.P. Morgan, I think you said, and then moving from yep. there to the police, and uh, unless I am wrong, they they to me feel like very different kind of careers, and then moving from being in the police to working in a school uh, as director of adventure education, that also feels like a very big kind of move from one to the other. So, is is variety something that you enjoy? Is it is is big change something that you enjoy?
1: But there, there is, despite despite appearances, there is a consistency to to what i've done so Mm. so i've always been i've always done a lot of outdoor things so whether it's climbing the matterhorn or or you know big cycling trips through france through wales um big sailing trips mountain biking in france and in colorado i've always had a real passion for the outdoors so Mm. irrespective of the job that i'm doing that has been consistent
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and then and then going from the the police to invesco yes that that was that was a big change um Although, interestingly, the skills that you learn in the police, especially when you're interviewing people, are particularly relevant when you're interviewing CEOs and FDs of FTSE 100 or FTSE 250 companies. Okay. Because you, you, you still want to get to the nub of the issue, whether mm-hmm. it's with a, potential, with a suspect or with a CEO. So, so actually, the, the, the skills are, are more transferable than you would have thought. But then, because of the children's challenge, and with four kids of my own, I have always been, for example, my oldest son is 11 years old now. So Alexander, okay. who's who's going to join um, the school in September. He, through his friends and the parents of his friends, I started taking them to the Black Mountains, to uh, Ben Nevis. So he did Ben Nevis when he was seven with one of his buddies. Wow. Okay. Um, so we've done a number of trips. And then that led on to the Children's Challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Children's Challenge has... You know, potentially led on or has led on to continue that with, with Reading Blue Cup School. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so there's been some changes professionally, but mm-hmm. the, the underlying passion uh, and desire to get children and young adults up the hills and, and pushing the boundaries has remained
0: consistent. Mm, I see. Okay, right. Let's take it back into the school environment then for a second. Tell me, what is Director of Adventure Education? Because that sounds like a fabulous title that I think a lot of people would love to have because that really does sound great. Are you actually Bear Grylls? No, no, I am not. Do do you know what I am? I am um, an admin guru. If
1: anything, I'm an admin guru, not not even a guru. I'm just an administrator. So um, what people should think of me as really is what I'm so my department, as a as a director of adventure education, I've got a department of one basically myself, but I am I'm liaising with tens of I was going to say hundreds, but that's a slight exaggeration, but lots of external providers of kayaking, of sailing, of mountaineering. Mm-hmm. Um, so my role really is to well let's take it let's take it back a step. What is adventure education? So for me, adventure education is is using adventurous activities to instill desirable characteristics in the students. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get the the, the running blue coat students to to have greater self-confidence, mm-hmm. tenacity, empathy, you know, greater teamwork, self-discipline, personal responsibility, all these great attributes. Mm-hmm. So the activities that we use um, are purely to instill these characteristics. Um, they are a means to an end. Mm-hmm. So you know, in a way, the best way to think about adventure education is the, the academic education that the students will get will open doors to them undoubtedly. It will give them options. But over the seven years at Reading Bluecoat School, if I can instill these characteristics in these students to allow them to, to thrive in some pretty pressurized environments and to keep their cool, you know, when, when the chips are down, mm. then that's how they can really once they're in the door that's how they can really thrive progress get increasing sort of managerial responsibility mm. so for me the personal characteristics of a person are just as important as their as their academic mm. qualifications once they're actually in the workplace mm. so that's that's what i'm trying to do this that the whole point of adventure education is to instill these characteristics so we have really robust individuals that can handle kind of any situation that, that, that they' are thrown into mm. um, you know and keep their form under pressure but the other thing that is very important to sort of talk about is in today's world there's increasing stresses and strains mm. that it's it's you know it's prevalent in the workplace so what I'm also trying to do is if I can install a safety valve in the students mm-hmm. which means that if they are, when they are working and when they do find themselves in a a sort of pressurised environment and they want a bit of a a break, they can go to the local climbing wall or they can jump in their kayak or they can go sailing or they can go up the hills with their friends Mm. and they can have two days um, or an intense two hours of an activity that is extremely cathartic for them. So if I can just instill a passion for an activity in the students, then that can act as a safety valve, which will stand them in great stead as they as they go through adulthood.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, Stephen, that all makes absolute perfect sense, and and you've explained that in a, in a way that even I can understand. So so thank you for that. Do you find though that given the fact that when you study maths or English, you know you 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 finish your GCSEs with a with a with a grade, um, whatever A levels you're doing, you finish with it like an A or an A star or whatever that might be but these qualities these characteristics that you're instilling in the in the children at school it's not like they can demonstrate on paper what that characteristic is and how it's been strengthened and developed so what steps could children take to demonstrate to the outside world to a university that they're applying for after university for that first job that they're applying for how can they demonstrate those characteristics that have been developed through the work that you've been doing with them at school given the fact that they don't have a grade that's associated with it
1: yeah that's a that's a great question and in an interview it's going to be very difficult to demonstrate those characteristics because those characteristics will come to the fore when you're in that pressurized environment Mm. when the chips are down when everyone else is panicking and you can say look guys let's pull it together this is what we need to do this is the plan of action but one of the things that I'm looking to do which differentiates adventure education at Reading Blue Coat School with with outdoor activities or even adventure educations at, at education programs at other schools is a concept of circularity. So what I'm looking to do is if we can get the students progressing along, say, the RYA sailing syllabus or the paddle sport syllabus and to become an assistant instructor in dinging or a dinghy instructor or a paddle sport leader or paddle sport instructor, mm-hmm. then they can then start teaching the year sevens and the year eights how to sail or how to um, how to kayak. So I've spoken with a number of the providers and they would welcome running blue coat sailors or kayakers on their teams to help teach the younger students.
0: Okay.
1: And with that experience they can then also, again I've spoken to to a number of sailing academies, they would welcome our students to go and work for them over the summer holidays. So when, when our students, just as an example, when our students go to, um, to an interview and uh, a and, and question could be, what is what are your leadership capabilities like? Hmm. And they say, well, actually, whilst at school, I help teach the, the younger students how to sail or how to kayak. Hmm. And during the summer holidays, I was a, a dinghy instructor or a paddle sport instructor instructor. Um, whether in the UK or or in Greece or, or Croatia, you know, one of these overseas bases, mm. then then they can actually demonstrate their ability to to lead and to to motivate others. Mm. But then of course, you know, that's not to forget things like the DOV programme that we have here, which is a which is a tremendous program. Mm. So again, the more I can get the younger students passionate about the outdoors, the more inclined they will be to do DOV, you know, and you know, and that's that's great. That can go in their C V. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's there. There are some sort of ways that that you can that you can sort of write down on a piece of paper. But again, but the other thing I would say is, if I was having an interview and I was talking to somebody and they asked me a question about my my leadership credentials, I'll say, well, look, you know, I don't have a. There may not be a qualification, but um, you know, because realistically, you can become a mountain leader, but at the age of eighteen, so that's not really open to to our guys. But if they talk about an experience where they were leading. They did the 10 tours, so this is one of the things I'm looking to do. The 10 tours—it's okay. a 45-mile trip um, over Dartmoor, two days, carrying all your kit. Um, you know, they could talk about that experience, or the devises to Westminster trip, which is a 125-mile kayak um, over four days. So you know, which is a brutal, uh, brutal experience. You know, they could talk about that. And these, the guys that they would be, you know, the potential em, employer would no doubt be blown away by the tales of grit, determination, tenacity, leadership, empathy that the that the, the students can come up with. Mm, um, mm. so it doesn't matter that they don't do DOV. It doesn't matter um, you know if they're not a dingy instructor. But if they can just talk about an experience that they've had at Reading Bluecoat School where they've had to, you know, hone their leadership and teamwork skills then mm. then brilliant.
0: Awesome. Great answer. Thank you for that, Stephen. Now, as the school moves to being co-ed in the future, having both boys and girls all the way through, how will that change your approach to teaching something like this?
1: So I was thinking about this, and you know what? I don't think it will. And the reason I say that is because because whether, you know, boys or girls, they can do things like Devizes to Westminster. Mm-hmm. Um, they can all do the 10 tours. They can all sail. They can all kayak. And quite frankly it would it makes it will make it won't really make any difference to the program i just <laughs> no. think it's this is a program hmm. and remember what i'm trying to do with this program is and this isn't this isn't a sort of a, a boys and girls thing this is a sort of you will have within Reading blue coat school even as a as a current as a single sex school
0: mm-hmm.
1: you will have boys of of differing ability or differing desires. So some mm-hmm. guys might love pushing themselves. They, mm-hmm. When I talk about the ten tours of the divisors to Westminster, they might think that sounds great. Four days of pushing myself to the ragged edge. I love the sound of that. I am in. Mm-hmm. You'll have other guys thinking that sounds horrible. I mean, I couldn't think of anything <laughs> worse. So wh- what I need to do is I need to make sure that I have a program which can instill these characteristics that we've spoken about, which is that people of all appetites are keen to do, whether it's, it could be a, a great Canadian canoe trip, whether along the River Y or up in Scotland, or it could be pushing yourself to the limit every day for four days. Mm-hmm. So um, there'll be something for everybody.
0: Stephen, parents are busy people. And the, I imagine the people listening to this right now are, are very, very busy people. Those parents that have their own children, they might want to encourage their own children to be outside, especially during holidays. You know, I'm thinking about uh, during Christmas holidays, Easter holidays, any t- time like that. But they may not have the time to get involved, to be quite as hands-on to encourage their children outside, or they may find that their children aren't maybe as responsive to them because they are their parents. But what could parents do to try to encourage their children outside, especially during those holiday times? Well,
1: I think that the key for any parent is to sort of understand what the child likes doing, um, or what the, the you know what the, the student or the young adult likes doing, because. There's no point me encouraging one of my children, for example, to, to climb regularly um, mm-hmm. if they're just not into it, right. or there's no point me encouraging them to play football if it's just not their bag. So I think you have to listen to the listen to your child, see what they're interested in, and try and you know help them to do to do what they're they're interested in. Because again, going back to that that point about um, trying to to have that that safety valve for me. If I can, if one of my my children are really into badminton, for example, mm-hmm. you know, which is which is quite removed from the devices to Westminster that we were just sort of talking about. Yeah. Um, but if they're into badminton and they play badminton once or twice a week, it's good for their 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 fitness, but it it's great for their mental health because mm-hmm. the only thing you're thinking about when you play badminton is the shuttlecock mm-hmm. and trying to beat your opponent. Mm-hmm. It's it's just it's a mental detox for that hour. Mm. So. I think the most important thing is to try and find something your child is interested in. And again, and that's, that's what I'm trying to do because there'll be children here who are in the first 15 rugby team or, or they will be in the sort of the, the, the rowing team mm-hmm. and they will have a lot of teamwork already and they will have, they should have instilled that sort of that the empathy, you know, great communications, mm-hmm. um, the grit, but there'll be lots of children who, who aren't, you know, they, the vast majority of children aren't in the first 15, don't, don't, aren't necessarily into the rugby. So my role is to, to really engage those students. Mm. You know, what what can I do for them? What, can, what will float their boat? Because I want every student to come away from Reading Blue, Blue Coat School feeling confident. Confidence is key. So if, if they say, okay, I may not be in the first, um, first 15, but I'm a dinghy instructor, mm. or I, uh, I can climb a 7A, at, mm. um, at the Redding Climbing Wall, mm. it's um, they have they have their feather in their cap that they can they can hang onto that and say, "Yep, that's great. It's great that you're into rug- your rugby, mm. but I, you know, I can do something in a canoe. I mean, the rapids that I've been down. <laughs> so everyone has something that they can hang their hat on. I think mm. is is key.
0: Tell me about one of the most memorable trips you've done with children.
1: There's there's been a few. It's I I really enjoy the trips to Exmoor. You know, as I said, we normally get 130. Um, and that's because of their age, that'll be say sixty five primary school children and sixty five parents, so that the parents go with them. Okay. Um, but I, I've had I've had five year olds doing twenty four kilometers over Exmoor with a few strategic ice cream vans and, and so on and so forth. <laughs> so I get so much pleasure from the parents being blown away by realizing what their what their, their kids can do. You know, it's it's amazing. They think but he, he only walks for like two kilometres with us and then he starts moaning but when he's with all his mates and his buddies he's he's what for all day and he's he's done up sort of 24k so mm. Exmoor and every time we've been to Exmoor it's been phenomenal weather mm. so um so they're always great days mm. I really enjoy the uh, I've done some great trips with uh scrambling um so in Snowdonia taking the kids up some some very well-known routes and mm. uh so that's that's great the Brecon Beacons is always special because it's both times we've gone, it has been it has been pretty full on. The conditions have been pretty punchy. <laughs> um, and the kids are all there. We, we did this one the one time we were, were going up and we had to, before you go to the summit, it's always best to sort of get your clobber on. You know, you, you get prepared for the conditions that you're going to face in the summit before you get to the summit. Right. So we we, we did that. And then everyone was sort of, we, we sort of all grouped together. Then we stopped a few hundred meters before the summit, and then we had um, then we had the big summit push, mm-hmm. uh, and all the all the sort of the young kids that were there holding onto their parents' hands. All the parents were were pushing. It was blowing a hoolie and then they all they all they all made it, and they all come down, and just just seeing them all at the youth hostel, completely bedraggled, mm-hmm. you know, but mm-hmm. but full of life, and they all <laughs> to a person loved it. Um, that it's those it's those times where. Mm-hmm you think you've really you know i get the enjoyment knowing that i've pushed those those guys hard and i think mm-hmm. well done great effort you remember that one um so it's it's those trips that i particularly uh particularly like
0: brilliant and then one last question looking to the future if you could travel anywhere and i'm thinking now about you traveling on your own or maybe with, with a couple of friends you know nothing to do with taking children and having that responsibility if you could travel anywhere in the world where would you like to go and explore
1: i would like <sighs> That is a good question. Very good question. I've got there's a few things I'd quite like to do. So I'd quite like to do more alpinism in Chamonix, uh, and I'd like to get to know Chamonix far better mm-hmm. um, in France. So that would be something I'd love to do. I'd like to do more mountain biking in, say, Utah in America, because I did a big mountain biking trip there. On the second day, I I'd, I'd sort of came off and broke my arm. So oh, I feel yeah. these these unfinished business in Utah. Yeah. yeah. I would like to do. I had a great sailing trip uh, around Croatia so I'd like to do more sailing around Croatia and maybe mm-hmm. and maybe go to Australia sailing uh, that that would be that would be something I'd really fancy doing just you know again so one of the things that I want to do is get a get the guys on the road to being day skippers and then you can do a bare boat charter where you can just mm-hmm. literally hire a 40foot boat you and your friends and you go off sailing and once you've mm. got that ticket it, it just opens up so many adventures for you yeah. so yeah more sailing more mountain biking in in america more sort of scrambling alpinism in in france and the alps um there'll be my, my the three things i quite mm. i quite fancy doing
0: well as we slowly emerge from covid and travel restrictions then maybe that's not too far away and maybe you'll be able to get to do that at some point in the near future um hopefully hopefully. we need to bring this to a close in a minute but if anyone's heard anything and they want to get in touch with the school or get in touch with you what's the best way they should do that
1: yeah just um send me an email so my email address is sla at rbcs.org.uk and i would really encourage people to to do that because the beauty with this program is it is it is new and it can be shaped by by the students so if there's a group of year 12 students or year 11 students who say look you know i really fancy doing a trip to just to to, you know to somewhere Mm. then then let me know and I can I can organize it for you and the beauty is these trips they're not expensive trips so one thing I should really stress is for me the beauty of going to that I'd far rather go to a bunkhouse and get these guys cooking for each other Mm. um, than go to anywhere sort of fancy so it's these are low-cost adventures to Snowdonia to the Brecon Beacons to the lakes or even even if they want to go further afield, I can organise that on a low-cost basis. You know, I'm talking 100, 200 pounds. Hmm. You know, for for a few days doing a great adventure. So, hmm. ping me an email, hmm. and um, yeah, and let's see what we can come up with.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, Stephen, thank you for your time. Thank you for being here and talking ab- about this, especially with so much passion. It's been really good talking to you, and I really appreciate your time here.
1: Pleasure. Thank you very much, Simon.
0: So that was Stephen Lammercraft, Director of Adventure Education. Thank you for coming on to this episode, Stephen. A real pleasure to talk to you today. Don't forget, you can get in touch with Stephen directly by emailing sla I'm sure he'll be happy to hear from you. Also, to stay up to date with this podcast channel, it's a good idea to follow or subscribe to it. That just means when the next episode is released, you'll get a small notification, which means that you won't miss it. But until then, thank you for listening to this episode, and we look forward to seeing you again next time. Bye for now.